0: air. And really last week we kind of took a turn in this series. We've been talking about getting the wind back in your cells, what it means when you just feel lifeless, you feel like you just got no joy, you got no passion, what it means to just kind of fill your lungs up with fresh air and what that means. And last week we said that really the source of that fresh air is the Holy Spirit, everybody. And and this is a spirit-filled church. And some of you think, man, I don't even know what that means. I'm not sure when do the snakes come out. I don't know what's going to happen right now. Let me just let me give you a little calm assurance. If snakes come out, y'all can have this. Okay, everybody. I'm dropping mic. I'm leaving. I'm walking out of here on all that. But the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, depending on how you're raised or kind what of you, what you've what you watched on television, I don't know if you're a church junkie like me. I'm a church junkie. So I go to church when we're on vacation. I go to church when I'm preaching. I go to church early when y'all don't even know. I go to church on Saturday night at other churches. I'm just a church junkie. And I also like watching church TV like late at night. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever done that? You're like... Yeah, nobody? Just me? Me and Michael in the back? Yeah, I watch me some church TV. I've, I've sent in seed offerings. I've got miracle water from the Jordan River. I'm not, that's me. I'm, 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 a, I'm just a church junkie. And some of you have seen that kind of stuff on TV and you think, man, if that's the Holy Spirit, I don't want anything to do with that. Like, if that's what this is all about, or maybe the way that you were raised, or you just, you know, we just have different misconceptions of how the Holy Spirit works in our life. And so we just wanted to demystify all of that, make it not spooky. Here's what I say if it's spooky, it's not the Holy Spirit. Amen, everybody? If you've ever been somewhere and you thought, well, that's spooky, that's not the Holy Spirit, because we're not talking about Casper, we're talking about the Spirit of the living God moving inside of your life. As a matter of fact, we said last week, that a better translation for the word Holy Spirit or in some... If you, if, you're old, if you come from the old church, like I do, it's Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. That's the way we... Yeah, some of you are like, I don't know nothing about that ghost. I don't want nothing not do it no ghost. But when you, a better translation of that is, is wind. In the Old Testament, it's the word ruach. Every time you see the word spirit in the Old Testament, it just means a violent wind or, or, or you know, a blast of wind. In the New Testament, it's the word pneuma. It, just, it means the exact same thing, just wind or, or the breath of God. Sometimes the, the, the Holy Spirit of God is this gentle breeze, and sometimes it's this rushing mighty wind. And so for the, for the next couple of moments, I want to talk to you about that Holy Spirit working in your life. Now, next week, we're wrapping up this series. It's our last weekend here at Kindle for the summer, and we're going to wrap up this six-week series. This is the longest series I've ever preached to you, but if you really want to know you know my heart and kind of what our church is all about. If you'll if you'll catch up on this series, it just really is. It really just it's the vision of the heart of our church and the heart of uh, our house and really my heart for you is that you have an encounter, a real personal encounter with the Holy Spirit in your life that's vibrant and real and not weird and not spooky and doesn't doesn't scare you but really gives you uh, life. And so I want to talk about the power of that. Next week we're going to talk about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you've heard somebody say that, or you've heard me say that, and you think, man, I want that in my life. I just don't know anything about that. We're going to preach about that next week. But today I want to talk about the power that's available to you through the Holy Spirit. We've been using Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, as our theme verse, and it says this, This day I call all of heaven and earth against you as a witness that I have set before you a choice, life and death, blessing and curses. Now listen, here's my prayer for you, and really if you want to know the crux of this whole series, My prayer for you is that you choose life. Like that I think you ought to have a life-giving relationship with God. Everybody, believe this or not, I think you ought to have fun in church. Say amen, everybody. I think you got to smile when you leave church. I grew up leaving church feeling worse about myself than I did when I got there. I grew up, my shoulders were slumped down. I thought, I'm never going to make it. I'm probably going to go to hell today. I don't know. I'm just never going to make it. It's just never going to be enough. I want you to leave city hills. Now, we don't water down what what the Bible says, but I want you to leave city hills with your shoulders up, thinking, man, God's for us and not against us. and I can do something, and I really can make this. It's really about life and 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 not death and so that's what i want you to choose and when you choose that we said last week that really that life giving force that fresh air is the holy spirit of god so i want to talk to you about that powerful experience with god let me ask you this and I want you to be honest when you raise your hand here. Have you ever met somebody that you just felt like had more spiritual power than you? Would you just raise your hands? Have you ever felt somebody like that? Like, you don't know where it comes from. You just think, man, they're just more powerful than me. Like, when they pray, they just pray with power. You know what I'm talking about? They just, like, they pray like James Earl Jones. You know what I'm talking about? Like, if you're God, you would answer their prayers. And when you pray, you kind of hold your hands out like this, and you just, like, Dear six-pound, eight-ounce baby Jesus. Like you don't know what to say. And when they pray, it's like powerful. And you think, man, I wish I had that kind of power in my life. Or or, or maybe, maybe that you've seen them gone through, you know, go through a hard time in their life. or, Or you know, this is the hardest thing. And you think, man, how do they still smile and how are they still worshiping? There's something just spiritually powerful about them or maybe you know somebody that just always has a spiritual answer to your question you ever met somebody like that they just quote the bible to you and you don't even know because you never read the bible they could be lying you don't know but it sounds powerful you know what i mean it sounds like man that's just power in that here's the truth of the matter i think there are people who just have tapped into a power that is beyond themselves i think that you're not a second class christian listen close if you aren't filled with the spirit But I do think that there's a power that's available to you. People have tapped into who are filled with the Holy Spirit. There's this this powerful experience with God that you can have that gives you power, that you can become one of those kind of spiritually powerful. You say, well, Pastor, what do I want that for? What does that matter? Here's when it matters. It matters when life gets so hard that you can't do it on your own and you need strength from somewhere else and you don't have the strength inside of yourself. Say amen to that. You're going to need power to tap into. You're going to need a reservoir to go into. And here's the the way I I like to to say it. I I remember when we first got married, Brandon and I, I was working at a place and we had to... We had to, you're gonna find this hard to believe, I know by looking at me, but I don't work outside a lot. Anyway, whatever. So we we were we were digging, we were dig, we were digging holes to plant new trees. Have you ever done that in your yard? Anybody raise your hand because I need some yard work. You okay, I'm gonna talk to you afterwards. So anyway, we were digging, we were digging these trees, we were doing these holes, and, and when you buy a tree from a nursery, it has like this, you know, this big thing on the bottom where all the roots are, you know, and you have to dig this gigantic hole out be able to set this all the way in and fill it up with water and then fill it up with dirt and so we had the back of this property we had to fill with tree it a line with trees and we had about four or five holes dug and we had this little shovel and I, I i know anyway i've got short arms so i'm i'm doing all i can everybody i'm just doing the best i can i got my little work gloves on and we've got four or five, i don't i forget how many trees we've done so far but not many and we had a lot more to go and we were sweating, kind of like I am right now, because I'm kind of husky. And we were sweating, and it was just, it was just, a, it was so hard. Now, we were accomplishing the task, listen close, but it was so hard getting there. Now, never forget, this is a true story, this happened. We, had, we were talking back and forth, like, man, I wish we knew somebody. And my friend goes, I have a friend who has a backhoe. And I was like, first of all, you're going to hell for not telling us sooner that you have a friend who has a backhoe. Second of all, call your boy right now. And I, I promise you this happened, so help me God. We're shoveling, and the, down the, the long, you know, it's big property. We see this guy like like riding in this little backhoe. And I, I just, I lift both of my hands, I drop my shovel, I just, I just, I got saved all over again. I was just like, just thank you, Jesus, for this right now. Listen, there's some of you who are trying to live your Christianity with work gloves on and a shovel. Can you do it? Yeah. But is there another power that you could tap into that gives you strength beyond yourself? Yes. It doesn't mean you're second class. It doesn't mean you're less than. It just means if there's more power, you can do what God's called you to do better, more effectively, with more strength, quicker. That's what I want, everybody. Sound amen to that. And so that's what the Holy Spirit is to you. It's that powerful source that you can tap into. It's that powerful. Matter of fact, Romans says it this way, that the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And just as God raised Jesus from the dead, He'll give life to your mortal bodies by how? By the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you. He said there's a power you can tap into that literally gives you strength when you don't have strengthened. So we're going to look at a story in the Bible in the book of Acts. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to flip there. Maybe you have something on your phone or on a smart device you can flip to. And and, and Acts, the first chapter. Now, let me give you a little history about Acts. Acts is the action book of the Bible. It's actually, the, the name of the book is the Acts of the Apostles. It literally is a historical document about what happened in the lives of the Apostles. The Gospels, the four first books of the New Testament, are the actions of the life of Jesus and his disciples. And and Acts, the Acts of the Apostles, is about what happens after Jesus has ascended. So here's kind of where we are. Jesus has been crucified, buried, rose again, resurrected. And now we kind of pick up this story. He is with the disciples before he ascends into heaven in Acts 1 and 4. Once you follow along on the screen, it says this. On one occasion, while Jesus was eating with his disciples, let me stop right there, that's my favorite part of this whole passage is that even after you raise from the dead, come on, somebody, we still eat together. So he's eating with his disciples and he gave them this command. Here's what he told them to do He said, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for, listen close, the gift that my Father has promised that you've heard me speak about. Can anybody guess what that gift is? That's the Holy Spirit. He said, I want you to wait. Until you get this gift from my Father. He said, in John 14, he said, I'm going to go away, but I'm going to send a gift to you. It's better than me being with you here. I'm going to be inside you, and that's the Holy Spirit. Now, keep reading there in Acts, the first chapter. Now, the fifth verse says this. He said, for John, that's John the Baptist, he baptized you with water. Everybody listen close. That's the first time you were baptized. That's salvation. That's getting into the family of God. You you give your heart to Jesus. He saves you. Then you go public with that. You wash away all of your sins, the Bible says, calling on the name of the Lord. And and that's water baptism. And then he said, but in a few days, listen close. He's talking to his disciples. He said, in a few days, you're going to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, I love that he uses this language, baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let Let me tell you why. Because the word baptized comes from a Greek word, baptizo. It literally means to fully immerse. Like to go all the way. And it's why if you've ever been baptized here, if you get baptized at City Hills, we fully put you all the way up, Like we dunk you all the way under the water. So, i never forget. I was baptizing somebody and he looked up at me. He was like, dude, can you hold me under a little longer like I've been real bad? <laughs> I, was like, I said, bro, it doesn't work that way. But dude, I'll hold you down to the bubble stop. Like I don't care. Like I'll do whatever you want me to do. But that's what baptism is. So listen, Jesus said... You're going to be fully immersed, listen close, in the Holy Spirit. That there's a baptism that you can have that doesn't just fill you up on the inside. It literally baptizes you all around, everybody. That's the kind of experience I want to have with God. Shout amen to that. I want it to overcome me. I want it to overwhelm. I want something more. Whatever He's got, I want that. And then He said, here's what's going to happen. When you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, verse 8, Acts 1, verse 8, he says, but you will receive, everybody shout, "power." power. You'll receive power when? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And this is what you're going to do when you receive power from the Holy Spirit. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea. You'll be my witnesses in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, when that Holy Spirit... Power comes on you. He said there's something that happens to you. There is power that's available to you that has not been available to you before then. You say, Pastor, does that mean I don't have the Holy Spirit living inside of me? No, I did not say that. Matter of fact, you can't come to Jesus except the Holy Spirit draw you. That's what your Bible says. It says no man can come to the Father, but the Spirit draw them. But there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit that's available to every believer that gives you a baptism of Power. thats that, that comes from the Greek word dunamis in, in, in your New Testament. That literally means this force or this miraculous power or this explosive power of God. Everybody, I want that in my life. Shout amen to that. That's the kind of experience I want to have with God. And this is the reason why. Because there will come a time in your life when shovel digging isn't enough. When, when you face something so difficult so hard, so traumatic. There's, there's a couple in our, in our church right, right now in this service who recently lost a loved one. Absolutely devastating. And I, I, I got the phone call not shortly after the family found out about it. And I thought, man, how do you live through something that hard? How do you live when that one phone call changes everything? How do you live when you stand at the front of a church building in front of a casket? How do you live when somebody walks out that you said I do and he didn't keep his end of the bargain? How do you live when your kids go crazy? What do you do? How do you look across the church and find people with just seemingly more power? It's because they have tapped into more power. It's because you don't have to live this life digging your own ditches with your own shovel. So I want to give you four things that I think this Holy Spirit is powerful. Next week I'm going to talk about being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I, I really want you to be here next week because it's our last week here and we're ending the day with bluebell, everybody. that's Come on. If you don't like my preaching, come back for the bluebell. Yeah, thank you for that. You're on the team. You're not supposed to amen that Chris. I'm gonna give you four things I think the Holy Spirit's powerful in your life and take quick notes and then we're gonna dedicate a few babies. Here's the first thing: the Holy Spirit gives you the power to accomplish the task that He's given you to do. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to accomplish what God's called you to do. We only we only ask you to do four things. We ask you at City Hills Church, there's just four things we do. We'll always only do four things. And there's really it's it's our mission here, it's our vision. It's it's just what God's called us to do. We want you to know God. We don't want you to know about God. I don't want you to know him in your head. I want you to know God in your heart, a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. We want you to find freedom. We think you do that best in a small group. We think if you'll get inside a group of, you know, 10 or 12 or 15 other guys and you're playing basketball together, that eventually you're going to be able to pray for one another and kind of take the mask off your life and really find healing and freedom. So we want you to find freedom. The third thing we ask you to do is our, our, our prayer for you is that you discover your purpose here. We think everybody was born with purpose and we think you'll live the most fulfilled life that you could ever live when you discover what God uniquely called you to do and then you do that the rest of your life and that's the fourth thing. We want people to help make a difference in the world. We we, we think that we think that if you go to bed every night knowing that you made a difference in this world and somebody's life and somebody's heart an eternal difference, that that's the best life you could possibly it's better than money, it's better than houses, better than jobs everybody. You just you you know that God called you to do this, but sometimes There's an intimidation that comes when you do discover your purpose and you go, God, I don't know if I'm up to the task that you've given me. You ever felt that way in your life when you know God's called you to do something but you don't know if you're up to the task? You don't know if God's really, uh, how's this going to work? Let me tell you how it's going to work. You're going to get power. You need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish what God's called you to do. Here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He said, my message and my preaching were not with wise or persuasive words. But my message came with the demonstration, listen close, of the Holy Spirit's power. So that you didn't just put your faith in a preacher or man's wisdom, but on God's power. That's what my prayer for you is every time I preach to you here in this pulpit. Is my prayer is that you don't just look at me or hear what I say. I pray, God, you're going to take the stuff that comes out of my mouth... And through the, through the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, I want you to put it inside somebody's heart. Somebody's heart is changed and turned towards Jesus. Not because of what I said, because the Holy Spirit anoints that there's power in that. Say amen to that. Brandy and I got married way too young. And if you're, if you're this age and you get married, this is not my fault. But we got married when we were 19 years old. Bad idea. We made it. We're cele- hey, we're celebrating 17 years next week, everybody. We're doing okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. My first wife, we're doing good. And so, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So when I first got married, I, I don't preach good now, but I didn't. I really didn't preach good then. But we, we I was giving it. You know, all that we had. Nineteen years old, and here we are in full time ministry and preaching. I'll never forget one time I was preaching, preaching my guts out. And back then, I, I told you I grew up in an old, uh, an old church. So y'all, I, okay, we went to town. Okay. And so I need a I need a handkerchief right now, but I really needed one back in the day. And so I just did I did the best I could. Nineteen years old, this little old woman she comes up to me, little church mother comes up to me. She puts her hand on my shoulder and she said, "Honey, that was that was that wasn't half bad." And and you know, being a preacher, you're supposed to, Rudy, you're supposed to say what you. So I just you know kind of bowed my head and I said oh, thank you. I said you know what really that was just uh, you know it's all the Holy Spirit. And she put her hand on my shoulder. And she said, "Look at me, baby." She said that wasn't the Holy Spirit. If it was the Holy Spirit, it would have been really good. I said you wasn't half bad. <laughs> I got you. Okay, I, I, I got where you're coming from. I, I, I see where you're at. Here's what that means. I need the Holy... I can't accomplish what I'm supposed to do in my own power. I need the Holy Spirit, everybody. We need the power of God's presence to do what He's called us to do. Shout amen to that. Whatever He's called you to do. Here's the second thing, and i got to hurry. Y'all, y'all don't amen too much because I'll get to preaching and I can't get on. Second thing I think the Holy Spirit gives you power to do is He gives you power when you're weak. This is going to speak to some of you in this moment because you're in sort of a weak state. And You know what that's like to feel powerless and weak. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit gives you power. Here's how I know. Romans 8 says in the same way, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. We say, Mitch, how does the Holy Spirit help us in our weakness? Well, a lot of ways, but one of the ways the Bible says is when we don't know what we should pray for, That the Holy Spirit makes intercession for us with words that we can't even express. There's there's a place you can go in prayer when it's not even, you don't even know. It's not the words you know because I don't even know what I'm to pray for. The Bible says the Holy Spirit encourages you in that moment and literally intercedes to God on your behalf. You say, man, that sounds powerful. It is. It's supposed to be powerful. And there's a strength that comes into that. When I'm weak, when I don't know. Listen, if you're a parent today of teenagers... Or of a two and a half year old, Amen, everybody. When you're, if you're parents today, and you think, man, what do I do when my kids are going crazy, and I've raised them right, and they've gone, when you're weak, you need to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom and what to do with it. How many of you have raised good teenagers? Would you just wave at me? They're serving God right now. Come on, everybody. How did you do it? Let me tell. You, how did you do it? If you ask these mamas with their hands, let me tell you how they did it. Because there was a time when they just got on their knees and said, I don't know what else to do with this crazy boy. I just need. God, you're going to have to give me strength in this weak time. Say amen to that. God, I don't know how to do this in my way. Or maybe it's sin when I sit down with people who are Christians. Listen close. Who continually have the same fight with sin. My very first question to them is this. Have you received? Is there power from the Holy Spirit living inside of you? Some people say, I may not even know what that is. I said, that's the power you need to overcome this sin. Let me tell you if, you, if you're susceptible to keep going back to the same pattern of sin in your life, and you're a Christian, and you think, man, how can't I get power over this? It's because you need the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the weaknesses in your life. Paul would say it like this. He said, my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect when you are weak. And when I'm weak, Paul said, I get strong by the power of His Spirit. Say amen to that. Here's the third thing, and I'm hurrying to a close. He said, the Holy Spirit, not only, not only does it give you power to do what God's called you to do, not only does give you power when you're, when you're weak, but it gives you power to have hope in a hopeless world, everybody. I don't know if you're a news junkie like I am, but you look at the news recently, especially, you know, the attacks in Manchester and Jesus. Just, I I mean, I can't imagine that, you know, just the the devastation of of a family losing somebody that horrifically and, you you watch the news and you just think, man, this seems like a hopeless world. And if you just look at the news, it seems like a hopeless world, everybody. And you think, how am I supposed to have hope in this? Like, how do you want me to hope in that? Where am I supposed to go with, well, you don't, if you put your hope in other people, how many of you know they're going to let you down, everybody? You put your hope in your spouse, they're going to let you down because they're just people. You put your hope in a business partner and he lets you down because they're just people. You put your hope in yourself, your own strength, and eventually you'll fall over to trying your best to do it in your own, but there is a power that you can tap into that gives you hope in a hopeless world. Romans 15 says it this way, may the God of hope fill you with all joy. I love how he calls him the God of hope. Everybody, we don't have a God who makes you sad or makes you feel guilty. We've got a God that gives you hope, everybody. He said, may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace as you trust him. How? He said, I want you to overflow with hope. Let me pause here and tell you. That's the kind of experience I want with God. I don't just want a little bit of hope to get through Monday morning, everybody. I want to overflow with hope. When you come to me and bad things are happening in my life, I want somebody to go, man, I don't know what that guy's on right now, but he just seems to be hopeful. It doesn't even look like there's any hope in a situation. It just There's just power that comes. How does that happen? He said there's overflowing of hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be hopeful. On your own. I I'll never forget uh, a year ago, almost this month, uh, uh, just, just a few weeks ago, uh, I sat in the funeral of, of a beloved pastor friend in my life who'd pastored in the same city for 40 years, same exact church. And he had raised godly children, but one of them battled just horrific mental illness. And I sat there a year ago in the funeral of this remarkable man of God who was, who was burying his daughter who had committed suicide. And it was absolutely devastating. And the place was jam-packed. And I just thought, man, what do you do? And I'll never forget looking over in my hand to God this happened. This old bishop and his wife, just the whole service. Tears falling down their face. I'm not telling you they weren't grieving. But both of their hands were in the air and worshiping God. How does that happen? How do you worship in front of the casket of your baby? I'll tell you how. Because you can get hope in a hopeless world through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Some of you feel hopeless in this room. And I want you to know there's power available for you. And here's the last thing I want to tell you today, and probably the most important thing, probably kind of the summation of all of this. This is the real reason. Listen close. If you've slept the rest of the service, punch your neighbor and wake up just for a moment, because I want you to catch this one. Then we're going to dedicate a few babies. But the most important reason why I think you need the, the, the power of the Holy Spirit in your life is because the Holy Spirit gives you power to experience the fullness of God. It gives you power to experience all that God has for you. Most people, are, and I told you this last week, most people know God and are comfortable relating to God as Father. I understand that. I've got a Father. I can understand relating to God as a Father. Most people are comfortable relating to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, because Jesus died for my sins and I put my faith in that and it saves me from my sins. I'm okay with that. But some of us need to know God as the power of the Holy Spirit. That's all of the fullness of God. It's Father, Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit some of you need to know the fullness of God you're not lost listen close you're not less than let me make a statement that I have made a couple of times here but I'll, I'll probably say it as long as I pastor here let me tell you very clearly being filled with the Holy Spirit does not make me better than you it makes me better than me let me tell you that again being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't make me better than you. You're not a second class Christian because you haven't experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. It doesn't make me better than you. But the power of the Holy Spirit does make me better than me. It gives me relationship with God in a way that I had never known prior to that power. I, I, now, I now understand the fullness of God. I want whatever God has for me. I want more of what God has for me. And some of you in this room, you don't feel like you're lost. Or you're, or, or you're far from God, you just want to know, is there any more? And the answer, my dear brothers and sisters, is there, is more, there's more. There's just another, there, there's another facet that you can know God in. And that's through the power of His Spirit. And here's, what, here's what Paul would pray over the church at Ephesus. And here's my prayer for you. It's, it's getting hot, I know. it. They're fixing the ACs, we're moving to the theater. It's really cold there. Here's here's what Paul said to the the church at Ephesus, and this is my prayer for you as, as we conclude our time together. He said, I pray that, Ephesians, the third chapter, he said, I pray that out of His glorious riches that God may strengthen you. How? With power through the Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. That sounds like something I want. He said, then I pray that you Don't keep moving from thing to thing and place to place and relationship to relationship and job to job. He said, I want you to get rooted and established in love. Everybody, I think the world would be a better place if there were a whole bunch of Christians in the hill country who who were established and rooted in love. He said, I want you to have power together with all of the saints. Now, that doesn't mean St. Paul and St. Peter. That means you. He said, I want all of you to have that same power So that you can grasp just how wide and how long, just how high and how deep is the love of Christ. And to know that this love surpasses any knowledge that you could have in your head. Listen close. And so that you may be filled to the measure, I love that language, of all of the fullness of God. Listen, I don't just want to know God with the measure that I have. I want to be filled to the measure of everything He's got, everybody. I don't just want to go, okay, God, I think that's good. Just top me off right there. I think I'm good right now. No, no, no. I I want to say, God, whatever you have for me, that's what I want in my life. If you've got more for me, that's what I want. I want to know you in the fullness of what you have. Amen, everybody. Say amen to that. Come on, shout amen to that. Take your neighbor by the hand real quick. Take your spouse. Now, if you're single, don't take somebody by the hand. That's weird. If you don't know who they are. (laughs) Bow your heads. Let me pray for you. Nobody moving just for the next two minutes. Now Jesus, I pray for people in this room who know what it's like to try to live their Christian faith with a shovel in one hand and work gloves on. The task can be accomplished, but it's just so much harder. People who feel powerless in this room, who just know in their heart there's got to be more. There's got to be something else. There's got to be another dimension that I can know God more fully. I need power over my weaknesses. I I seem susceptible to sin over and over again. I need power over sin. I need power over the things in my life that I'm weak, that I'm weary, that I don't know how to carry. God, I need power to do what you've called me to do. God, I know there's something for me. I know there's a purpose you have for me. I know there's a calling that I have in this world to make a real difference in the lives of people. I don't feel like I can do it except to have your power. So I pray for that. God, I pray over the course of the next couple of days in a private prayer time in a car somewhere with their family around the dinner table. (laughs) I pray for that fresh air of the presence of God to move into that room, into that car, into that prayer closet, around that kitchen table. Maybe in a worship service just like this, maybe next Sunday with hands raised and tears falling down our face. I pray you would baptize many people that power that there's that that immersion that overcoming that overwhelming feeling that I'm in the presence of God that God's presence is not just filling me up but I'm surrounded by it I'm baptized in it and then I leave that experience totally changed different not better than anyone else but better than the me I was before full of power I pray for that in Jesus mighty powerful name and everybody shout a big Amen Let's go.